Good morning. Oh, man. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm, I'm honored to have the privilege today uh, to, to walk us through some, some content uh, based on this series that we've been in for the last couple of weeks, all about parenting. Now, here's what we've said from the get-go, and I'll say it again today just for the, 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 the cause of repetition. And, and if this is your first time hanging out with us, you haven't heard this yet, that even if you're not a parent, we believe that this applies a lot to all of us, regardless of kind of what stage of life we're in, whether we are currently parents, and you know, that could be a parent of, of kids at all various ages from, you know, kind of birth all the way to having kids of their own. Um, or, or if you one day plan to be a parent, man, this is some great stuff to know on the front end of things. Uh, and if you aren't a parent and never plan on being a parent, one of the things that I've, I've noticed or kind of thought through during this series as we've talked through this is, man, maybe this will kind of give you some enlightenment as to some of the, the things that you believe and ways that you behave based on how you were parented. So even if you're not a parent, no plans to be a parent, this can tell you a lot about yourself as we walk through some things that maybe your parents should have done? I don't know. We'll see. But just, uh, just uh, don't, don't check out regardless of where you are in the journey because I really believe that there's something in this for everyone. Now, if you've been hanging out with us for the last couple of weeks, we, we've walked through a, a few truths together. I wanted to remind you about just a couple of those. Uh, we said in week one that there are three things that, are the, that make up the sum total of, of who we are. Right? We said that if we could kind of gather these three things and put them in a basket, that this pretty much makes up who we are, and that is uh, the relationships that we have in our life, the things that we have experienced, and the choices that we've made. That we are the sum total of the relationships in our life, the experiences we've had, and the choices that we make. But then we said that of those three, that relationships impact the experiences that we have and the choices that we make, that our relationships have influence and impact on the things that we do and the choices that we make. So relationships then become key to who we are. What we also said in week one, that if you you were here with us, that there are three key relationships in our lives. There's our relationship with our Heavenly Father, our relationship with our parents, and then our relationship with people outside of our home. And there again, much in the same way with relationships, the role of our parents or the impact of our parents filters into the other two. Therefore, your relationship with your parents has a lot to say about your relationship with God. We talked a lot about that last week. But your relationship with your parents also has a lot to say about your relationship with people outside of your home. So then we could say then that your relationship with your parents is key to the relationships in your life. Right? Now track with me. If parents are key to relationships and relationships are key in who we are and who we become, can't we just take out the middle and make this equation true? That your parents and you as parents have a lot to say about who you are or if you're the parent about who your children are and who they become. That's what I want to spend the majority of our time together today talking about is this intense truth that as you parent, how you parent has everything to do with the kind of people that your children are and the kind of people that they become. Now, because that is true, and I wholeheartedly believe that it is, I want to share with you today a principle that I believe oftentimes goes unnoticed or missed or just maybe never 
maybe you never heard of it or had the thought to kind of put this all together. Something that I believe impacts that relationship between parent and child probably more than anything else as it pertains to our parenting. And here's that thought. If you want to write it down, this is our big idea for the whole time that we're going to spend the rest of our time here together this morning. And it's this. The quality of your relationship with your children will determine the weight of your influence. The quality of your relationship with your children will determine the weight of your influence. Now, you don't even need a verse from the Bible to tell you this. You can just look at your own relationship with your parents. You know, maybe, maybe you had a dad that left when you were really young. Maybe he went off and started another family, a second family, or maybe even a third family. Right, and, and you, maybe you had no relationship with your dad. Can you imagine now if he called and tried to, to help you and influence you in making the decisions of your life? Can you imagine an absentee father calling and trying to help you make decisions in your life? How much, how much credence are you going to give to his advice? None, right? You're not going to take that stuff seriously. Why? Because he has no relationship. And in order to maintain, or in order to maintain influence, you have to maintain relationship. A lot of us in the room, I hope, are on the other end of the spectrum. All right, maybe you're 30 years old, 40 years old, maybe even 50 years old, and your parents still have tremendous influence in your life. That is only true when you've had a healthy and deep relationship with your parents. I was thinking about that this week. I remember, um, I think it was either 7th or 8th grade, I remember being in middle school. I don't remember exactly which grade. But I remember being tasked with writing a paper about my best friend. And at the time, now I had lots of friends. I had lots of friends my own age. I played sports and had sports friends. And I was at school and had school friends. And I was a nerd, so I had nerd friends. Like, I had a lot of friends. But at that moment, 7th and 8th grade, as a, as a 12 or 13-year-old kid, my best friend was my dad. And we collected baseball cards together. And we hung out together. We played video games together. We did all kinds of stuff together. So I wrote a paper about my dad, my best friend. Because we had tremendous influence, or he had tremendous influence and a very healthy relationship then. And even now, I'm 38 years old, almost 39. And when I need advice, I call my dad. And, and how he says it and what he says has tremendous impact on my life even still. Because the quality of your relationship with your children will determine the weight of their influence. Now, as parents, we always want to be sitting in the seat of influence, especially when our children are making the decisions that are going to impact them the most. But there's a transition that has to take place, and I believe that it has to take place as soon in, in our life, in our relationship with our children as possible. I believe it has to take place as early as possible so that we'll have the influence when it matters most. Now think about this with me. When your kids were little, and I mean like little, little, baby little, right, toddler little, the influence that you had in their life had nothing to do with the quality of the relationship. They're little and you're big. Right? You can put them somewhere and they stay there. Right? You can strap them into the car. You can strap them in, belt them down, and they can't go anywhere. The, all of the influence that you have is based on your size and position as their parent. Now, I can't remember the last time that my mom strapped me in a car. 
As a matter of fact, I would have a much easier time right now putting my mother in the car and strapping her in than she would putting me in the car and strapping me in. She can't do it anymore. Why? Because size and position are no longer relevant in our relationship. She's no longer bigger than me. She's no longer stronger than me. As a matter of fact, tables are turned a little bit. Right? I might even try that with mom. <laughs> Just take her out and strap her in the car. With her. See, see what I can do now? How's it feel? I don't know. Uh, I got some pent-up stuff going on. I, know, I got to... Jesus still dealing with me a little bit, right, about being strapped in the car all those years because I, I don't think I like the car seat very much. We all know that eventually this time of size and position, it comes to an end, right? We all know this. What we fail to recognize, though, I believe, is that if we do not quickly shift while we still have the advantage of size and position from leveraging our size and position to leveraging the quality of our relationship to gain influence in the lives. You see, the temptation will always be as parents to try and use size and position to control our children long after those things have stopped being effective. And oftentimes it takes on different, takes on a little bit of a different appearance, right? Because we somewhere around those teenage years, size and position, we begin to see that and start to wane away, and it's no longer as effective as it used to be, here's what we do. Oh, you want the car, huh? Yeah, see? Uh-oh. Hey, you want the car, huh? That's probably going to be the case in my life. I'm kind of short for a guy. Then, then you need to do fill in the blank. Oh, you, you, you want some phone minutes, right? You want me to keep paying for that phone? Or you want to graduate? Or you want to go on that trip? Or you want to do this activity? Or you want to be carted around? Whatever it is, we, we continue to leverage the, the fact that we have something that they want. We will begin to leverage that in place of physical size and position. But let me tell you, as long as we are still trying to parent from a position of power, from size or position, what that is doing, it is eroding the relationship. And where there is no relationship, there's no influence. And as long as we continue to use those tools to parent our children after they've stopped being effective, all we are doing is eroding the relationship so that we're not going to have the influence when we want it later. Because you think about it. The most important decisions in the lives of your children come normally at the very end of high school or after, when they're deciding who they're going to date, right? When they're trying to decide how far is too far. When they're figuring out where they want to go to college and what major they're going to pick. Who they're going to marry and how they're going to raise their children. That is when you and I are going to want relationship and influence the most. But if we have continued to try and leverage size and position or money or power, we're going to have eroded the relationship to the point that we don't have the influence that we want when we want it the most. Because by the time our children are making those decisions about marriage and parenting themselves, size and position are irrelevant. And it's going to be all about the health of the relationship. You see, we, as parents, we've got to change the scorecard a bit. right? It's no longer about, well, I kept them clothed. And I gave them a roof over the head. Didn't I provide? Didn't I do? Didn't I, wasn't, I always, wasn't I always there? Didn't I always do what they wanted me to do? Yes. But the day is going to come when you're going to trade all of that or be willing to trade all of that in for influence. And if you have no relationship, you won't have the influence 
either. See, here's something popular that parents tend to do when they realize that the health of the relationship isn't where they want it, and therefore they don't have the influence that they want to have. They result to things like guilt and bribery, right? Here's how, here's how it sounds. Here's guilt. Um, you know, we hadn't really seen you in a while. You know, you never call. You know, we haven't seen the grandkids in like 36 hours. I mean, come on, enough's enough. Bring them over already, you know? Or if it's not guilt, it's, it's bribery, right? Hey, um, we picked up something for you guys, but you're going to have to come over here to get it. Now, y'all are snickering because you know it's true. You heard it, some of y'all. But when we stop leveraging from size and position and we start leveraging things like guilt and bribery, here becomes the, mo- here, here's, here's the motivation in that relationship, right? How do I stop feeling guilty and get what they have? Right? How do I stop feeling guilty and get what they have. How do I stop feeling guilty and get what they have? Now, does that sound like a very endearing relationship to you at all? That's not, that's not a relationship. That's the antithesis to relationship. See, there's a better way. And Paul points this out to us. Because here's the truth and the reality. That pursuing and nurturing a relationship with your children, it's not optional. It's not optional. Because your role as a parent is going to have more to say about who they become than anything else. And so I want to read you today a verse from Ephesians chapter 6. And we actually looked at this a little bit in week 1, but I want to expound on it just a little bit. And this verse is not about specifically this dynamic between influence and relationship, but, but it, point, it illustrates this dynamic very well. So if you have your Bibles or if you're looking with us on version, we're also going to put it on the screen for you. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6, just one verse of Scripture today. Ephesians 6, verse 4, we'll kind of break it into two parts. So the first part says this. It says fathers. Now, Paul says fathers here, but this is a principle that I believe applies to, to mothers as well. So we could say even parents here. But Paul, again, addressing to the fathers, says fathers, do not exasperate your children. Now, I like to think that I have a pretty high vocabulary. I can't tell you the last time that I used the word exasperate in a sentence. That I wasn't uh, preaching a message about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, so let me, let me define that term for us a little bit. Here's what exasperate means. Exasperate means that you have abused your size and position to get what you want and thereby angering or provoking your children. As a matter of fact, if you have a different translation of Scripture, it might say, do not, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger or do not provoke your children to wrath. That same word there, exasperate. Here's what exasperate means. It's, it's, it's a frustration. Exasperating because they have no ability to win. They have, they have no way to win with you. Even if you're wrong, you still get to be right because you're bigger. Because you have size and position. But do you know how frustrating that is for, to be the person that can't ever win? This is something I had to learn with my kids when they were really young, playing board games and, and card games with them, right? I'm bigger. I'm smarter. I'm faster. I think quicker. I can beat them at every board game we play that's not based on chance. My, my kids kill me shoots and ladders all the time. But, but the games where it takes like some actual skill, to win, they have no option to win. And here's what I had to learn as a parent. If I don't let them win from time to time, guess what? They get frustrated and want to stop playing. Did you know that? If you didn't, I'm telling you because it's true. Now, even as adults, 
we have some relationships where we've been exasperated, don't we? It might be a friend or a coworker or somebody that you live with. They're just, they're just a little quicker on their feet than you. They seem to always have an angle. Maybe, they, maybe they're a little, little faster thinker than you, maybe a little quicker. Maybe they're a little bit smarter than you. Maybe they're a little bit meaner than you. They're a little, willing to go a little further into the mean category than you're willing to go. And they seem to always have an angle so that you, it doesn't matter what you're talking about or what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish, they always have some way to win. And it's frustrating, isn't it? Now, here's the, here's the thing, though. If you went to a counselor, maybe talk to them about how frustrating it is with this relationship with this person that you just can't ever really seem to get an angle, you can't ever really seem to get a win, and your counselor's going to look at you and go, is that it? Like, you just, you just can't win an argument? Like, that's, like, you just, like, you have to be there, right? <laughs> You'd have to see, you have to understand how frustrating it is to know that you could never get a way in with this person. It's, it's exasperating. It, you, maybe y'all learned a new word today. I don't know. We'll help you out. Like, we'll teach English and the Bible here at Fusion City Church. It's exasperating. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul's saying if you're not careful in leveraging your size and position or your money or your power or what you have that they need or that they want, if you're not careful, Paul says, you will exasperate and therefore frustrate your children. Paul says, don't exasperate your children. And then he offers us a contrast, a better way. This is what he says. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, we talked a lot last week about that training and instruction part. So today, I just want to focus on on this little phrase here. It's actually one word in the original language. But the, the phrase that's translated, bring them up. It's a highly, highly relational word. In the original language, what the picture of this word is to, to nourish, to pour into. Paul says, don't exasperate your children. Instead, nourish them, pour into them. Look at me. Providing for them is not enough to maintain relationship. If you're continuing to grade yourself on the fact that everybody's eating and living indoors, then you've missed out on the relationship. Paul says instead, bring them up. This word uh, nourish here, bring them up. It's highly relational. It could almost be translated like coach or, or partner or advisor or God. Paul is saying walk alongside your children as they do life, pouring into them. You can be their biggest fan, maybe even their harshest critic, but if you're doing life together, this is a nourishing and an investing term into the life of your children. Don't be drawn into the lie that as long as I can control their behavior, everything is fine. You're using the wrong scorecard. Because if you're going to want influence when it matters most, it is going to be directly tied to the health and depth of the relationship. Don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up, nourish, pour into, coach, guide. Now, here's what you might be thinking. This is interesting. As I, as I write a sermon, here's what I think. I think of two things. What do I want to tell them? What are their arguments going to be in return? Like, what are the arguments they're going to have with me in their heads as I'm preaching? So here's what I think you might be saying to yourself right now in your head, especially if you're a parent of a middle, middle schooler or, or high schooler, right? Like, Pastor Brian, it won't work. It won't work. Like, and, and then I would say to you, well, what do you mean it wouldn't work? 
Well, if I stop trying to leverage size and position, and if I stop trying to control, and if I stop trying to, to, to establish and maintain behavior, then I'm not going to be able to get them to do what I want them to do. Hear me, look at me, right here. That isn't the goal anymore. You can't control them anyway. The goal now is maintaining relationships so that you maintain a position of influence when you want it the most. Now, I will say this. That doesn't mean you stop disciplining your children. Right? This is not a free pass. This doesn't mean that you finance their insanity and just let them go buck wild, do whatever they want to do. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is if you continue to grade yourself by the fact that everybody's eating and living indoors and they're doing what I want them to do, then when you want influence the most, you're not going to have it because you're not going to have had the relationship when it was necessary. You've got to make the transition from leveraging size and position to nourishing the relationship so that you'll have influence when you want it the most. And you can look at me all day and say, yeah, but, but I'm right. doesn't matter. Being right doesn't matter in their world. Being right and telling them, I told you so, it has no value to them. What's going to matter is the depth and the health of the relationship. Being right isn't the point anymore. Because here's another truth. Your relationship with your children will impact the quality of their future relationships. You see, as we continue to pour into them, as we try to increase the quality of our relationships so that we increase the weight of our influence, what we have to understand is that not only does it bear on them directly, but it bears on all of their relationships later. An investment into your relationship with your children now is an investment to all of their relationships that are to come because it helps to develop their emotional health to have a healthy relationship with you. Did you know that? Of course you did. Every parent knows that. A healthy relationship with me means an emotionally healthy kid. And here's what I know to be true about emotionally healthy people. Emotionally healthy people have emotionally healthy relationships. Do you know what's true about emotionally unhealthy people? Guess what kind of relationships they have? Not the good ones. And here's, here's what's crazy, right? Parents, aren't we continuously and always impacted by the relationships that my children have? Especially as it gets into the later years of life when they're deciding who they're going to date and who they're going to marry and how they're going to raise their kids. All of their relationships impact me. Yet I find so many parents unwilling to model healthy relationships with their kids. You are going to be continuously impacted by the relationships of your kids. Why not model a healthy relationship for them now? The greatest investment you can make in their future relationships is their relationship with you. I've only done this a few times and I'm quite honestly, preparing for this series is inspiring me to do it much, much more than I have. But I, I, I take my daughters on dates. I, I date my daughters. Here's why I do that. Because I want to set their expectations for how a date with a guy is supposed to go. 
And I want the expectations to be really, really, really high. So then when some idiot shows up at our door to take her on a date and then she gets back home, I want her to be disgusted. Like, oh, that wasn't fun at all. That was nothing like dating you. I'm like, I know, let's not do that again. (laughs) Now let me ask you, where else are they going to learn how to set their expectations for how a guy should treat them? You're looking at it. You're looking at it. And if I fail to do that, if I fail to set that benchmark for them, then I am setting her up. I'm setting my daughters up, each of them individually. I'm setting them up for future unhealthy relationships, which sets me up for a future, un- future unhealthy relationship with my daughter, which sets the next generation of Duncans up for future unhealthy relationships. An investment into the life of my kids now is an investment into their relationships later. I can't afford to gamble with that. I want to be the one that sets the expectations. I want, the one, I want to be the one that shows them how they're supposed to be treated on a date. Now, now, dads of sons and mothers of sons, you don't get off the hook either. Because how your sons treat my daughters, God help you all if one of your sons dates my daughters. I'm just going to tell you that I'm already working on the interview process, just so you know. Mothers and, and dads of sons, how you treat each other, mom and dad, That's going to determine a lot about what your son sees and how he treats his future spouse and the future girls that he dates. And we can clap for that. See, as parents, we talked about this again week one. We we have our hand on the dial, don't we? Turning up or turning out our relationship with our children. We, We have our hand on the controls of the kind of person that our, children is, our child is going to become. We have our hand on the dial. And that is a huge opportunity for us and a responsibility. It's a huge deal. So let me give you the two things that are required for every healthy relationship. This is not just with your children. This is just healthy relationships in general. It takes two things, and here they are. Number one, they have to have your acceptance And number two, they have to have your time. You cannot be connected with someone that you do not feel accepted by. You can't do it. We have to be careful in the disciplining and our kidding. I'm a a jokester. I'm a cut up. I like to have a lot of fun. But but, but here's something I'm kind of newly aware of, at least in the life of my children. I have to be careful with my kids when I pick on them that I am not rejecting them or calling attention to something that they're pretty sensitive about. Because I don't ever want them to feel rejected because one of the factors of a healthy relationship is that they feel accepted. So I have to be careful when I discipline that it's not discipline because you're a terrible person and I reject you. But I'm disciplining you as your parent who needs to correct you as your coach and as your guide. There's that dynamic again. But the same thing is true in my kidding. Like I have to be very careful that they know that I'm kidding and that I'm not serious about this flaw that I just pointed out with you. We named our oldest daughter Emma Grace and that is so applicable because she's about as clumsy as they come. But I have to be careful when I pick on her for being a clumsy person that I don't reject her as this person that's just defined by her clumsiness. Because I don't ever want her to feel rejected by me. We can pick, but at a certain point you, gotta, you have to leverage that out. You have to balance that out by letting them know that that's, that's not who you are. Like we're just having a good time. So just be, care, be careful in, in both your disciplining and your, your kidding around 
that you don't send messages of rejection to your children because you will never be accepted and never have a good, healthy relationship with somebody that you do not feel accepted by. And number two, they have to have your time. They have to have your time. Nobody wants to be around anybody that doesn't want to be around them. And let me tell you this, don't, don't buy into the lie of the quality over quantity. Right, like I make sure that my children have great experience. We go on lavish vacations and we do lots of fun things. And then the rest of the time I, I work or mom works. So we're just never, no, no, no. It, it, it's not quality over quantity. What your children need is a quantity of quality time with you. Because the key to any good relationship is acceptance. And they've got to have your time. Now, now, here's what I know to be true in a crowd this size. Is that there, are, there are some of you in the room today that are saying to yourself right now, Pastor, I agree with you. Man, I think you're right. And I wish I'd have heard this five years ago. I wish I'd have heard this ten years ago. I wish I'd have heard this when my children were little. What do I do now? How do I get back in? How, how do I reestablish the relationship now that that, that time of, of making the transition from size and position to relationship has passed, like what do I do now if I've missed my window? i got to be honest with you. First of all, it's totally up to them. There are no guarantees that you'll ever make it back in. That, that's just me being fair and honest with you. There is a chance that you never make it back in. But. Your best bet for reestablishing a relationship with your children is to serve your way back in, to serve them with no motivation other than just to serve them. You know, it's really, really, really hard to keep the door shut on someone who just wants to serve you. That's, and again, true, that's true of every relationship, not just with your children. But as we're, as we're talking about or pertaining to reestablishing a relationship with children that have become distant for whatever reason, Service is your way. You can't family tree your way back in. Well, I'm your daddy or I'm your mama and you're supposed to. It's not going to work. That, those aren't benchmarks of relationship. Right? That's, that's guilt and bribery again. We don't want to live there. That's not relationship. You, 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 gotta, you, 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 can't, you can't family tree your way back in. And the second thing that you can't do is you can't recite family history. Well, didn't I provide for you? And didn't I give you this? And didn't I give you that? And wasn't there always a roof over your head? Yeah, those just things don't matter anymore. Those things do not equate to relationships. So as long as we continue to grade ourselves by the win that everybody's eating and living indoors, we've missed relationship. And your key back in, your best bet to get back in with your kids is to serve them. Now, today's been um, kind of academic a little bit, a lot of, uh, a lot of theory, a lot of, a lot of lists, a lot of do this and here's this and here's how it all works. Can I tell you my real motivation for wanting a, a good relationship with my kids? Can I tell you, like this, all cart, honestly, just, can I tell you why I want to have a good, healthy relationship with my kids? Because when they get older, I want them to want to come back home. I mean, isn't that the goal of parenting anyway? Isn't that what we want? 
We, we want them to want to come back home when, they, when they're grown and, and gone and they're out. And Man, I want them to come back. I want them to want to come back. I don't want them to come back just because, well, it's Christmas. I guess we better go to mom and dad and kind of put it on the schedule. Every, I don't want that. I want them to not be able to wait to get back to China Grove and hang out with mom and dad. I want that in, in my later life. And here's the thing. If I want the reward of parenting then, I have to make the investment of strategic parenting now. I, we, my wife and I, as our children mature, we have to. It is imperative that we make the transition from size and position to a healthy relationship so that we have influence when it matters most. Now let me ask you. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right this moment to enhance your relationship with your children? There's too much at stake for you to not be intentional about it. Because the role of parents in the lives of their children is the number one determining factor in who they are and who they become. What are you doing right now? to enhance the quality of your relationship with your children so that you will have the influence you want when it matters most. You have to decide and be intentional about how you carry it out. Let's pray together. Father, this morning as as we as parents examine the relationships that we have with our children, God, I, I ask that you... Once again, much like a couple of weeks ago, Father, would, would help us to be honest with ourselves. And God, if we are still trying to punish harder, take away more, leverage our size, leverage our position, God, would you instill and impress upon our hearts the necessity for us to transition from size and power, size and position, to relationship. God, would you show us where we are trading experiences and fun things to do with the relational capital that you want us to pour and to to get into and get out of our relationship with our kids. God, the last thing in the world that we want are children who are experienced, rich, and relationally poor, especially as it pertains to their relationship with us. So, Father, would you reveal to our hearts the changes that we need to make. God, if that's taking stuff off the calendar just so we can sit down and eat dinner together. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness not to just do life accidentally, but, Father, that we would be intentional with how we lead and parent our children. Because, God, I believe there is no greater source of impact on who they are and who they become than their relationship with us, their parents. So, God, would you help us to be the godly parents you've called us to be? Father, I thank you for our relationship with you, our heavenly Father, bought and paid for and given to us through Jesus, your son. It's in his name I pray. Amen.